0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to another broadcast night here on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight you're listening to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain offers an open and candid dialogue platform in which you can discuss issues involving sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addiction, depression, just to name a few. Join us tonight with your host, Janoris. Marsha, Tammy, and Tony.
1: Good evening, family. Tonight is September 8th, 2016, and I want to welcome you to tonight's episode of Breaking the Silence and Healing the Pain. I am your host, Janoris, and I'd like to introduce to you my co host, that will be Tony LaSarcia. Hello, everyone. Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony. Oh, my goodness. Where's Mark Anthony? I know, right. I know, right? Uh, Push ups for him. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. No worries. Uh, we do have a special guest tonight. And our special guest uh, host this evening is Stefan. Can we get some Hello. applause
2: for Stefan? Oh, he
0: got a Hello. big Make applause.
3: Stephane. how are you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, all right So um, our our topic tonight um, Deals with a condition That we all have probably experienced In one form of another At some point in our lives And we're going to be talking about Depression tonight uh, Depression can be mild Or it can be very, very severe And uh, it's something that, that happens to all of us And so When we talk about depression, we want to talk about what it looks like, so what the signs and symptoms look like, and if we go over some things that sound familiar to you that you feel like um, apply to you or they may apply to somebody that you know or love, we're also going to offer some resources and some advice on on, uh, what you can do uh, in order to be able to have it addressed because a lot of depression goes unaddressed and um and that can you know that can make for poor health and poor health decisions and sometimes it's masked by different things so you know everybody goes through some depression sometimes so like uh natural things like if there is um the death of a loved one for example that can make people go into a depression or illness uh, when parents get ill you know we think about How they used to be young and vibrant And then we kind of see them decline That can cause a little depression Not only for us, looking at them But for them as well Um, Women sometimes After they have a a baby They go through what's called postpartum depression Right, Tasha? Tasha, did you experience anything Like um, postpartum depression when, When you had your kids? Do you remember? I don't remember if I actually had
3: um, depression like right after I had my kids. I do remember um, going through a really bad depression state at one point in my life where, you know, it felt very dark. I felt like I could see, you know, no light. I didn't have anywhere to turn, you know, when I wake up in the morning. I just wanted to go back to sleep, you know. I just wish that I did not wake up. You know, I remember having those um, depression stages in my life, and I didn't, you know, I felt hopeless, helpless. You know, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to work. You know, I would call out from work. I couldn't sleep at night. I would be up really late at night. I'm always crying, you know, and not um, always being in touch with what I was actually feeling because I was feeling so much um i definitely know you know um in the midst of when i first filed for my divorce you know i really went through a really depression stage and throughout you know different um stages in my marriage you know of going through a lot of depression from um just a lot of um you know my husband was the infidelity you know it caused me to feel like you know i was worthless and i couldn't understand you know why um, I just couldn't I could I couldn't snap out of it, you know, but once, you know, after a couple of years of going through therapy, you know, I look back at it now and it's like, you know, I get up in the morning, you know, even if I don't feel like it and I push myself every day to go to work. I push myself, you know, to get out of the house, go to the movies, even if I go to the movies by myself or go out to eat by myself and you know, I get out of the house and I do things that make me happy, you know. And I know that, you know, depression is not from God. So it definitely gives me hope now. And I see, you know, the sunshine when I go outside and I feel that happiness now. So I know that um, it's really hard when you're going through that depression because it feels so dark. So did you ever
1: consider, like, taking medication uh, during that time? I did um try medication before and um you know
3: and when I got to a certain place you know I was able to stop taking the medication but yes I did try the medication and I did find it to be helpful to a certain degree but I think it gave me side effects so I didn't like the medication as much you know from the from the side effects but it did help
1: but it gave me side effects mm-hmm. So um, back during the time when you were saying that it was so dark for you um, that you couldn't get out of bed, did you ever have any, like, good days in between, or do you remember that as just being continuously, you know, dark periods? During that
3: particular time, I would have good days, but then there were triggers that set me back off, to put me back in that same place.
0: So triggers now like that fun. I know what
3: those um, Triggers like um, It was always around my birthday time For some reason I don't know what it was But every every year around my birthday time I would always get real depressed Because I knew that that was around the time That I would always catch my husband cheating So that was mm. a trigger for me To go into that depression Because I knew that That particular time of year Is when he would always go outside of the marriage And it was like a setback for me. And I would catch him constantly year after year after year around that time of year, you know, having an affair. And it just put me in that that really dark place. You know, I, I felt like I just didn't even want to live.
1: And so how did you get from being in that dark place and not wanting to live to where you are now? I
3: went through several years of um, therapy, and um, I removed myself from that situation. You know, we did um, eventually separate, and after we separated, you know, I was able to get out of the situation and I could look back in on it, you know. And then I'm like, wow, you know, I wasted so many years of my life around my birthday time being depressed when I could have been happy, I could have been doing things, you know, and, Mm -hmm. I had to remove myself from the situation to look in on it and look at what I was actually going through and looking at, you know, you have to guard your heart for so it's the wellspring of life, you know. And I just sat back and I was like, um, you know, just making sure that I protected my heart. So regardless of what he was doing, I was in control of me, you know, and I had to do things to make me happy. I had to do things that I love to do and not sit back and be consumed of what I thought he was going to do because I was allowing him to have power and control over my happiness, and I'm controlled over my happiness. So once I was able to get that control back, I was able to, you know, be happy and have fun and hang out with my girls and, you know, just (laughs) do fun stuff that I really love to do, and it it just really (laughs) – it was it was good I mean, I, I'm just really in a good place now And, you know, I don't do anything That's going to cause me any kind of stress Or, you know, when I know those red flags are coming You know, i got to remove myself from that situation Because I know what my triggers are now
1: Wow All right Very good Thank you So, Tony Let's hear from you What, what do you think well, about this topic that we're talking about today?
0: Well, it's very uh, Of course, I love to do research on stuff <laughs> And of course, just like all the other stuff that we looked up and talked about, it says that depression was very common, and it estimated that 3 million cases per year are diagnosed. And so I did a little digging, and I want people to realize how common it really is, Latarsha. Th- these are some of the celebrities that admitted to it or were diagnosed to it. This is how common it is, and you don't see these people as depressed. One of them was Wayne Brady, and um, mm. the, after the death of Robin Givens, Brady opened up about his own depression battles. Because you know, of course, Robin Givens, uh, Robin, Robin uh, Williams, Williams had some uh, yeah. yeah, Robin Williams had some suicidal stuff, and he had a lot of depression going on, and that made Wayne Brady open up about his after that death. Here's another surprising person, if young people listen, Nicki Minaj. Now, Nicki Minaj Mm. in 2011 in a Cosmos article opened up about the depression that she had when she started performing and that she had to deal with a lot of disappointment over and over and over, and she opened up about that. How about Ellen DeGeneres? Uh,
2: Really, Ellen? A
0: deep depression after her show ABC got canceled in 98. I didn't know that. And here's one that's going to blow your mind. I don't know how to. pronounce I, All the young people know how to pronounce this guy's name. What is um, what is um, Kanan? Is that his name? The um, mm-hmm. uh, um, Kim Kardashian's husband. What's his name? K- Kanye. 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 There you go. I'm old. Kanye. He reported he felt suicidal, and, and a lot of people knew he was dealing with that because he kind of started freaking out. After his mom died in 2007, he started getting a little crazy. But he dealt with depression. Kanye, it's, it's West, ain't it? Ain't it uh, yeah. I think it's Kanye West. Yeah. He dealt with depression. Now, this is how common it is, and I'm going to give a few more, and I'm not going to go on. Lady Gaga. And um, another one, Miley Cyrus. Here's the last one I'm going to oh, say. Yeah. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey um, said that he used Prozac. He was diagnosed clinically. With depression, and um, that shocked me because Jim Carrey was the funniest guy I thought on the screen, but he was dealing with depression in the background. And I promised one. More, I promised the last one, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, and he attributed his depression to early on in his career. You know the failures you go through, and Angelina Jolie. So I named all those people because I wanted people listening to understand. If you're dealing with depression, and I'm getting into this kind of early, but this is what I felt led to do, there are people out there dealing with it. Uh, Latasha's normal. Um, Everybody's normal that deals with it, but it comes. And I'm going to quickly share something about me. I think I might have shared it on one of my shows. I don't know, but I'm going to say it, and I'm going to break the silence and hear the pain now. Um, I'm going to (laughs) briefly touch on it. When I was a young kid, we used to travel to North Carolina to visit family. And that was the only time my, my father, my paternal side, would meet up once a year. I saw my uncles, my cousins, my grandmother, my aunts. And everybody since then, the, the best time we had was in the 60s. Everybody since then, Janoris, has died, except my parents and maybe one or two people. So how about every Christmas... Those songs that make people happy, like Sun, they sound so depressing to me. Um, Charles Brown, bells will be ringing. If I listen to it enough, it might get me to the point of tears because that was my uncle's favorite song. So around that time of year, I deal with that. Years ago, I dealt with it with drugs and alcohol. And I haven't gone to to seek any kind of help for it, but I kind of just, kind of adjust things with kids now. You know, I got kids now, and I kind of adjust my life around it. But that's something that I suffered with for many years, and it'll even touch me now if the right song comes on. So that's briefly what my take on it is, and I think that one, one other thing I thought was interesting when I was doing my research, and I know a lot of people know this, Thanksgiving and Christmas are more suicidal. More people commit suicides. Because they get this depression of or grief over a loved one, and they take their lives. And it's mainly the people over 50. And that's interesting, you know, um, that it gets to the point where holidays does this to people. So I, I'm focusing a little bit tonight on situational depression and mainly uh, holidays.
2: Playing. Yeah. Very
1: good point. Very good point. So, um yeah, so so everybody that's listening like uh, if you wanna get in on the discussion, uh, you can give us a call at three two three seven eight four nine six three eight and we'll get you on the board. Our our handsome engineer, if you press one, he'll put you in the queue and you'll get a chance to, to talk. We're gonna take a break in a few moments. Um But when we come back, we will uh, hear from our guest, Stefan. He's going to come in and share with us. So thank you all for joining in. And please come back after the break and, and write this number down and call in 323 784 9638. We'll be back in a few.
2: This is the
3: Soul of America Radio.
4: If you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host, Worldwide Talk Radio. This
0: is the soul of america radio sexual abuse emotional abuse addictions and depression domestic violence we are breaking the silence healing the pain Remember, if you want to join us on the show, dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 if you want to speak on the air. And now, back to the show and our hosts, Janoris, LaTarsha, and Tammy. Okay, and we are back. I am Janoris, your
1: host, and you're here with Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain. Our topic tonight is depression, living in the darkness. And uh, we have a special guest, a uh, host, that's coming on tonight. Uh, everybody, will you please welcome Stefan to the table? Hello. Welcome,
4: Stefan. Uh, thank you for allowing me to speak tonight. My seed for depression actually began when I was about three years old. We have some Selma people in the house. Um, you guys are familiar with Old uh, Anderson Funeral Home? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, yes, when I was yeah. three years old, I I had uh, what was that? I, I said when I was three years old, I had an opportunity to actually visit. Anderson Funeral Home, and the person that I went to see was actually my aunt, and I, even though that was decades ago, I still remember it quite vividly, and two years later, I had an opportunity to see another person in a coffin in the form of my mother, and, uh, and, that, and about f- five years later, I had another trip to a funeral home, and that was actually to see my final aunt. So my grandmother actually had three daughters, all three of whom she uh, saw passed away. And, uh, and my grandmother was actually the person who reared me, and she uh, died when I was 16 years old. So within a, a period of really the first 16 years of, of my life, the in, entire matriarchal uh, structure of our family had all passed away. And the, the, the depression for me really, really, really took off. Uh, after my grandmother passed, because this was a year before I was to graduate high school. And uh, with most uh, people, uh, the senior high school is probably the happiest or the most memorable days of my life. I can recall very clearly just going to Selma High School every day and essentially coming home and uh, being depressed. And had all the freedom mm-hmm. in the world to do whatever I wanted, uh At age 16, because my brother had a a 20-year-old parent. So if you can imagine, most 16-year-olds will find it pretty cool to have that kind of uh, liberty. But uh, that wasn't the case with me. I was really, really depressed then. Uh, So as you imagine you guys talked about some triggers earlier. So uh, I've I've got a ton of them in the form of both uh, actual day-to-day triggers to dreams. And uh, the dreams are... Far-reaching as for something, I have uh, nightmares such as me having uh, planning this uh, a wedding day on the day of my uh, actually the the day of my wedding. uh, Law enforcement knocks up to my door and um, just informing that my fiance is about to be just uh, passed away in a car accident. So Mm. just having just have just having this environment of, of death so constantly has. Penetrated both the my dream psyche as well as my day-to-day psyche. And uh, it's been, you know, some challenges over the years to uh, finding some perspective and some proper balance to that because every every uh, area every area of your being is, is affected by it because if you're talking about something that's happened at the very beginning of, uh, you know, my presentation's life, if you will. So that... Uh, is my story, if you will, from the depression standpoint?
1: Wow! Oh my goodness! So, so did you say two years old or three?
4: Three, actually, three.
1: At three. Yeah. And so, when you, what do you, what do you remember that feeling like for you? Like when you saw your, when you saw your aunt, what?
4: What did they tell you? Did, did people
1: explain well, to you what was, was going
4: on or what? It was actually a pretty interesting day because I remember walking into the room. It was really dark. And, of course, you know, I was with my mother and my grandmother. And they, part of them kind of ignored me a little bit. So I'm a, I'm a playful three-year-old child. And I actually started climbing up on the uh, on her casket. And then I remember my mother very clearly saying, boy, what are you doing? And She just kind of grabbed me to grab the control of me. And that's when I actually have an opportunity to see my see my friend lying there. And so that was some, you know, my first um, you know, day to day look at um, a real dead person. What was so interesting about that move is that there was not any mourning. It was incredibly calm, so my earliest perception of death was not what one would think of in terms of the mourning. She looked extremely peaceful and there was not a lot of emotionality going on with my mother and grandmother, so my very earliest uh, experience with that was really, really a positive experience in the context of what you, you know, might think that would be, but it's just so subsequent death that uh, things took a turn. But the actual first experience was not uh, actually all an unpleasant one, even though, you know, this was my aunt you're talking about. Wow. Well, hmm. It, hmm.
1: And so was there any any dialogue then when when your mom passed? Like, did they try and prepare you for what you were about to see,
4: or did
1: they just uh, kind of? Not,
4: not really. I mean, I just ask you to be a little mindful of, because uh, my grandmother was uh, too old school. And if you guys know about old school grandparents, old school parents, children were, Objects more so than subjects, and being that you know you're you kind of pacify children, so to speak. So not a whole lot of regard, is, you know, done um, was talked about, discussed. Of course, if it was all pre-Doctor Spock, and all the things that you should expose children through, or shouldn't, or you know, that all the sensibilities associated with with that were just not there. But by virtue of just the attitude that this is a child, you know, chances are five, ten years from now, won't even remember it, and you know life will go on. But uh, yeah, I, I remembered it. Um, you know, I, I to this day I remember my mother's funeral like it was yesterday, and and that was in 1971. So basically, before you.
0: Wow. And you know, I can relate to that with with uh, with my great grandfather. I got a picture of myself standing out behind the church. I was what seven, eight years old, and I got a picture of myself standing behind my great grandfather. He's like six six, and I'm standing behind him, and I can remember. <laughs> the feeling that I had, Um, and it's difficult to put in words, and that led me to think when you said that you saw your aunt, that there's grief, and I'm sure, uh, according to psychology today, I was looking at this earlier, it's funny you should bring it up like that, that grief can turn into depression, and the only difference was they said that people with depression The key difference with grief and depression was that people started suffering from major depression. They tended to be isolated, and they felt Mm -hmm. disconnected from others. and And I can remember at eight, at that time, I can remember going off to myself, and kind of trying to deal with it myself because nobody didn't really, they didn't really, uh, you know, on the on the um, on these shows that you see, uh, you know, Cosby's and they always bringing the kids in and hugging them. Well, you know, to me, they were just, <laughs> I didn't get that. So um, I guess my question mm-hmm. to you is, did you, if you remember, do you do you remember being embraced? Uh, did somebody, did, did you get recognized and you were embraced, or did you kind of feel apart from it and it kind of grew over the years?
4: Well, that's a very interesting question. That's a very good question because one of the things that, uh, has happened to um, as re- as a result of that, you were kind of an aberration of sort, meaning that you were the kid that didn't have any parents, and so there was this there was a sense of community parenting that occurred as a result of that. So you're right, because uh, I remember people that knew I didn't have any parents they were like you know give me some pocket change and things of that nature, but uh, mm-hmm. so yeah that, that you know those type of things absolutely occurred. You're right.
0: Yeah, cause it's um, it's definitely a difference, and it is a when, when you're going through it, um, it's difficult. And I even had it recently. I'm a I'm a grown man, and I and my aunt passed earlier this year, and it's something about death that brings. Uh, Grief and and I was always told that if you grieve too long, it turns into depression. And so that's what I was guess I was trying to pick around because I'm kind of wondering. I guess it's a thin line. I guess depending on how you handle your grief, if you embrace that yeah, and I, people love on you. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I think I think for the most part, attitude affects depression because there was right, a total difference right. between uh, my perception of. The age of a person as well, I think when you're dealing with young people myself, mm-hmm. the, the loss mm-hmm. of my grieving my mother didn't really occur when I was young. It occurred mm-hmm. when I grad finished high school and she wasn't there. It occurred when I graduated from college and she wasn't there. It
0: mm-hmm. was occurred, you know it occurred
4: throughout the course of your life, where mm-hmm. you know, with as an adult, when you lose a parent, you realize the coil well mm. of it right now and it hits you a lot harder. But as children, right. it really doesn't hit you that immediately. Hit hits you throughout the course of your life. Right. Wow. Um, right. Hmm. I like I to think, think that's
1: of God. Really, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point that you give because I, I can remember, you know, from the time my mother, I guess, maybe when she turned about 60. She started having these starting conversations with things like, well, you know, I'm not going to be here always, and there's going to be a time when I'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't want to hear that, and I would have told her, Mama, I don't hear I don't, I don't hear that. I don't want to talk about that. But, but, you know, she would do that, and I think that that was her way of um, conditioning me for the day when, you know, she wouldn't be here. And I, I just have to tell you, after hearing that, like my mother died when she was 82, so about twenty two years of that off and on, it's amazing how that helped me through the transition. Now I I did. I had a, a a rough time because she and I were so close and and I loved her. She was like my best friend. We talked, you know, two, three times a day, sometimes as um, you know, during her um her older years and, you know, we were very, very close. But after she passed I would hear those things, I will hear her her words in my mind, and I honestly believe that that is what helped me not fall into a very deep depression that I could not get out of. Like, I can remember every day for about three months listening to, um, what's that song, Never Would Have Made It? I can't think of who who, who, who sings that. Um, the gospel oh, God.
2: He's my I friend, said, he, brother, everybody knows what I'm talking
1: Marvin, about. No. Oh, Marvin Sapp, there you go.
2: Yeah, and I listened
1: yeah. to that every day for three months on my way to work and on my way home. No radio anything, and 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 that
5: song
1: and you know yep. how she prepared me is what is what helped me to get
0: through it. So. Mm. Well, let me tell you something because it's strange that you're saying this. God, this is amazing. You just triggered something in my head. I'm. I'm I'm a I'm a grown man. When I was um, when I was a nine, I had a dog named Dobie. He was a part mixer, part, part boxer, part mutt, and I loved that dog, man. I loved that dog of my life. And I came home. You know, Dobie didn't come back home one day when we let him out to go uh, roam around. And I called him every morning, Dobie, Dobie, Dobie. He never came. So I came home one day, and my grandma was sitting on the porch. She said, "We found Dobie, baby." I thought, oh, great, great. She said, yeah, he's in the backyard. So I went running back there, and when I got back there, and you know, people that have kind of got weak stomachs or, or whatever, just kind of tune away or small children, um, he was half-eaten, you know, with with, with magnets. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this, I was, like, totally shocked because he was in the back and my dad was burying him. He tried to stop me from going back there. I walked in the house, Janoris, and it's funny you should say this, and I sit down, and my 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 one of my other family members was listening to the radio. A song came on. It's "Ain't No Mountain Mountain High Enough" by the Supreme, Diana Ross and the Supreme. Do you know today, if wow. I hear that song, it triggers a sadness in me. All these years later, I don't have to be necessarily sad to the point of grieving or nothing, but it I get that little trigger of sadness. All these years later, man. So it's amazing how things yeah. like a one song can strike some up. And I think that's the difference. If you can control that, uh, or, or if you can, if you can't control it, go see a doctor. But it's out there. Somebody was saying something.
2: Yeah.
0: So we can't play mm-hmm. that song on the air. When we do oh my god! Do
3: I <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: yeah, I have
0: movies like that too Movies that I
3: will watch That put me in that state too yeah. During
1: the holidays wow. just...
3: uh, I don't know if y'all ever heard that movie Called Stepmom
1: uh, Yeah with uh, What's her name Julia Roberts and Susan Right Theranos. that movie mm-hmm. will
3: always Depress me <laughs>
2: Wow yeah, a
3: pretty I, I, sad movie. I don't care Yeah but I don't care if I watch that movie 10 times that movie still put me In the same frame of mind But what about, one, I what about that
0: one What about that one where the little girl is White and her mom is 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 Wait a minute the little girl is Oh and,
2: yeah
0: um, and, and, and What's the name of that movie and she starts Crying at the funeral yeah, And she what
1: is the Yeah name of that? Uh, I can't believe oh the,
0: the Oh
2: Imitation.
0: Imitation
2: of oh, life. Good job, God,
0: that's so <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I can't remember yeah, the plot, but the little girl it. dogged the mama out. It was a black. Her mom was black, and she was the servant there. And the little girl was mixed. I don't know if she knew it. And she would dog this woman out. And right when the woman died, she found out that this black lady, who was the servant that she dogged out, was really her mother. And so she comes running oh, out in the middle I of the funeral,
2: okay. I don't And that. and
0: falls down on the casket. And man, I said, t- "Oh God, we better go to break." I'm about to cry too. That was <laughs> a sad movie. That was, sad. That was a.
1: Yeah. That that was that was um all right, we're gonna take a few minutes. We are gonna take a break. Um we have a lot of people online that, um the boards are really lit up. So thank you everybody for calling in. We're gonna take a break in a moment and we'll come back and we will talk to uh some of the folks online. So come back to us. We'll be back
5: in a moment. Mm-hmm.
4: Hello, everybody. My name is Charles Douglas, and I am
0: fighting the power on the soul of America Radio. Sexual abuse, emotional abuse, addictions, and depression. Domestic violence. We are breaking the silence, healing the pain.
1: Let's just put it out there. What do you think? Sex addiction
2: is it a diagnosis or an excuse? It depends on the person itself and what we define as sexual addiction. All sexual addiction is not negative. Our
1: topic tonight will be marriage versus living together. Does a piece of paper make a difference?
2: Whoa, know <laughs> I mean, so what, what hell of that marriage
0: are we referring to here? Let's clarify that. <laughs> So come on you survivors, join us every Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern So you can break the silence and heal the pain Right here on Soar This is the
2: Soul of America Radio
4: To the host, please dial 323 784 9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host Worldwide Talk Radio.
0: This is the Soul of America Radio. And welcome back to Breaking the Silence, Healing the Pain.
1: And we are back This is Janoris and welcome back to Breaking the Silence and entertain. Our topic tonight is depression, living in the darkness We've all been talking about different uh, experiences that we've had uh, with depression And we have a special uh, guest host tonight, Stefan, who's been sharing with us We want to thank him uh, for coming on And
0: I was. Thank you, thank you Y'all are As, picking and get um, the big head. Will y'all stop
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, I was
1: thinking um, uh, while we were on the break, I was thinking about some of the things that um, I had uh, read when I was doing some research in preparation for the show. And one of the things that I was reading was talking about some signs and symptoms that you can use to identify if you or if someone is uh, having depression. I just wanted to find out if um, if any of these were uh, recognizable to you, Stefan or Tasha or Tosh, or, um, or Tony either either of you. So uh, it stated that prolonged sadness or unexplained bouts of of crying, uh, significant changes in your appetite or your sleep patterns having irritability, uh, anger, worry, agitation, feeling kind of indifferent about life in general, uh, have a a general loss of energy and inability to concentrate. And Tony had mentioned earlier about (sighs) being withdrawn, like socially withdrawn or reoccurring thoughts or dreams of of suicide. So I know that you had said that you had this dream about um, your wedding and you know, how the, there was a knock on the door and, you know, they were announcing that your fiancé had been killed. And so um, do you have uh, other dreams or other problems sleeping that you would relate to, um, you know, having um, dep- that relates to your depression or
4: in the past? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, actually, there's a couple I'll just show you. There's uh, an ongoing dream that I've had. Whereas, and I think part of this has to do with the fact that uh, you can, I'm, and this is going to ring a, a home to some to our Selma people there that Miller's funeral home when they decided to move from their location wherever they was and decided to move right across the street from the project. Well, right across is the, the right. Right, they moved right across from my back door. So literally, whenever oh. uh, I used to actually have to open my window, we my had a line of sight to a hearse. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> part of that as well, I de- I developed this dream over the years of of actually have, waking up in the middle of the, in, in a funeral home, where my job is to embalm somebody, and and wow. it terrifies the heck out of me and i've had to uh I, I i um always wake um every time before that, before it is needed but there's one thing I would like to add to you guys because about a couple of years ago I actually went to uh i admitted myself into this uh to this hospital and one of the, there's a couple of things that I'd like to share with you about the qualities of the people that were there and and one of the things is everybody there seems to be really self-critical themselves and they have the tendency to really internalize a lot of things and they're either disappointed in themselves or feel disappointed that they'll let other people down. And that is mm-hmm. when those three things were present with everybody in, those in this room and I thought this was very interesting because I, I saw a quote in a movie recently that says, snakes don't commit suicide. So the people out there that are doing ill will aren't the people that Mm -hmm. really should be in these institutions. It's the people who really beat themselves Mm -hmm. up emotionally. So for for Mm -hmm. those in the audience, if you find yourself being self-critical, internalize things a lot, um, just please learn to accept your humanness. Certainly the snakes out there certainly accept theirs. They do not give a flip about anything but themselves. So just uh, embrace your humanity and continue to love yourself irregardless of whatever flaws you perceive that you're having because at the end of the day you're really only hurting yourself. So I just wanted right. to um add that. Oh, wonderful.
1: That's,
2: yeah,
0: great. that's
4: awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was, I was talking sorry. about a quote. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. Talk about your
0: quote. But there was yeah. a um a quote I mentioned and it sort of goes in line with that. I'm just gonna say that and move on, but it was um I, I've always I've taken this quote to memory and it's by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow and when I first heard it I said I'm never gonna forget this because it reminded me a lot of me. And it says every man and or woman has his secret sorrows which the world knows not and oftentimes we call a man cold when he is only sad. And it's amazing. That's one of the symptoms where you're short with people, and you you uh, might come off as arrogant, and and it could be a defense mechanism, but it could be sadness. It could be depression. And uh, it's it's funny because a person can uh, um, take that as a attitude problem and cut you off. And like this quote by Longfellow says, a lot of people think you're cold, but you're sad and i went through that around christmas time uh when i was when i would be growing up after we all fell apart and people started passing away um i i remember when my kids were young um uh, you know i would pretty much be the, the scrooge you know and um mm. i just wouldn't i mean i would do the things you do you know when you when you are uh, parents but um i never wanted to do anything and uh, I guess that came off as kind of strange to them. I never wanted to get out and do any activities. And it really was because I was kind of sad, kind of fighting a depressive state with that uh, with holiday. So I just wanted to bring that out. I, I always thought that was a cool quote and that it really spoke for people that might be in a depressive state. Right.
3: I also had a quote that... Um, that it reminded me so much of myself and when you mentioned Robin Gibbons earlier, you know, it came to mind.
0: Robin and it Williams. Says, I
3: think Robin Williams Yeah. It says, um I, missed it, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless. And they don't want anyone else to feel that way. Feel like that. And I used to always feel like that. I always wanted my friends to be happy. I always wanted to blow their birthdays up and, you know, always wanted them to feel so happy and, you know, feel so special. It's because I never wanted them to know how worthless I felt on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I seen that quote, I was like, wow,
1: I can only imagine what he was going through. I can only imagine. Yeah, Robin Williams is a, a wonderful actor. Like I, I can't remember anything that I ever saw him in that I didn't Morgan like. Very, uh, <laughs> yeah, Morgan very. I, I like Morgan Mandy. It was goofy, uh-huh. but I, I liked it. I really did. Mrs. Really but- did. Mrs.
2: Butler. Now,
1: look, now y'all that Mrs. Doubtfire is one Morgan of my Mendes. favorite Doud movies. Yeah.
2: Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: Yeah. Oh my yes. I, I yeah. did and, and so it just goes to show Just like the quote that you were saying um, Tony You just never know what people are going through You know what I mean You can, you right. can right. see people And you just never know Somebody that you see that is smiling all the time And happy all the time oh, and You see yeah. that That could be a mask that they're wearing And, 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 and underneath they can be really really sad And I, I would oh, say Robin I Williams say, would be one Yes
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. Say, he
0: always kept a know, smile, when, a
1: big
0: smile. When, when you said that, that brought something to mind. Smokey Robinson wrote a song called Tears of a Clown back in the late mm-hmm. seven, early 70s, late 60s. You, you guys are young. You might not remember it. But in that <laughs> song, one of the verses says, Just like Pagliacci did, I try to keep my sadness hid, smiling in the public eye. But in my lonely room I cry, the tears of a clown. He got that verse from a play called Pagliacci. And in the play there was his clown. And he he uh he was on stage making people laugh. And it's based on a true story. But his but he was depressed because his wife was having an affair.
4: But mm. he would
0: the contrast of making people laugh as a clown and then he would go backstage and cry and he ended up killing his wife and his uh, and her lover but that depressive contrast thing um like you said people are wearing a smile and in this in this particular song he wanted to bring that thing out about people wearing smiles and hiding the pain and as we see in that play it could be dangerous because the, the clown went and killed everybody but mm-hmm. at the same time, that that always intrigued me. Uh, uh, in that song, I really think too much, don't I? Listen, I, I think too much, don't I? No, but that kind of I intrigued think did me some of how, Research. I'm impressed. Yeah, he did.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> But you
0: know, I've always known about this, and when I when I found out who Pagliacci was, I got into that thing, and he was just suffering from depression. And so, yeah, uh-huh. you can be out, uh, Latasha. You can be out smiling. And be depressed. I know Donald Trump's got mm-hmm. do but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> I think that is
4: that is true of most of the guilt, uh, gifted performances, from Richard Pryor mm-hmm. to Michael Jackson to Marvin oh, Gaye. Yeah. that list right. goes on right. and on and on. That yeah.
0: is so true. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. so true. Marvin Gaye was, had a lot of things going on, and uh, and and was on stage one. I mean, he would go back and had to deal with his father. They had conflicts. You're right.
2: Oh yeah, that's
1: right, that's right. And so, um, uh, a lot of people don't understand. And so, this is this is one thing that I like to say because I, I also read this. A lot of times, people, when they observe these behaviors in people that they know or people that they love, it's hard for them to see it, and they don't they don't really know what to do. And a lot of times, I've heard that they'll say, "Well, you you ought to just snap out of it. You know, just pull yourself together, get yourself together." And it's not that easy. Like, it's not that easy. People are not, you know, in this mood because they want to be. Sometimes they're there because they can't get out, and they don't know what to do to get out. And so we want to, you know, let everybody know that if you are feeling some of these things or if you're observing these things and people that you know and that you care about, you know, suggest kindly that they go and see a doctor if they – Resist you know try and, and, and encourage them to do so. uh go to your primary care physician and just you know just let them know e- even if if your loved one feels like they can't say it, make the appointment, go with them um because there are things that can that can help um sometimes uh they prescribe medication, sometimes the issue is that there is a chemical imbalance in the serotonin in the brain, and so um. That may be an option, uh, or sometimes talk therapy can be an option. Um, I've also heard that you know being vitamin D deficient can also have an effect on uh, depression, and some people have what's called um, seasonal um, affect depression. It's the acronym is SAD, and for the winter months, when it get when the days are much shorter and you don't get as much sunlight. Uh, studies have shown that some people uh, suffer with that as a result of that. So it's it's a lot of different types, and there's a lot of treatments. On our website, actually, um, on our Facebook page, we posted uh, a quiz, and we urge you to go and take a look at it. It's a, uh, kind of a depression quiz with a series of questions that might, you know, give you some insight into whether or not you um, you may be suffering with depression and also uh, how to talk to your physician because it's a kind of personal thing. And sometimes people are so uh, withdrawn that they find it difficult to be able to speak about it. So there are some tips on there on on how to do that. So we want to encourage everybody to, you know, take care of yourself, self-help. Taking care of yourself is uh, is a good thing, and we always want to promote that. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there, folks. For the
0: and moment. let me say this. You mentioned treatment. Uh, I tried this. It doesn't work. Please don't treat yourself when you, have, when you think you may have depression. Alcohol, drugs is not the answer. I tried that. That it is don't not matter.
1: the
3: answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Nope. Self-medication is definitely not. And it's not even about drugs and alcohol. It's overspending you know, I remember times that, you know, I would totally overspend, spending money I didn't have. I would call it a therapeutic shopping spree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they
1: call it retail therapy.
0: <laughs> wow. I think we got somebody waiting, don't we? Uh,
1: do we have somebody that wants to talk, wants to talk? We got the board just lit up, maybe.
0: Uh... We got Ebeneek. Ebenice is on? Hey,
2: guys. Hey. Hey, how are,
0: you?
6: how are you guys doing this evening? Wonderful. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, <you> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, wait, wait, wait.
3: wait a minute. Wait a minute. The
6: big, the bold, and the beautiful. <laughs>
3: Thank <There> you, <laughs> guys.
6: <laughs> you guys are way too much. What a great introduction. Thank you for having me. Um when I was listening to the show and um I'm I'm a little late calling in, but I I definitely wanted to just share a little uh about depression and people who suffer with it. Uh this is a this is such a great topic to have because most of America suffer with it. And the the thing that I feel is the biggest the biggest issue for me is that when it goes undiagnosed, um, when they're and in, and in, in, and I think that a lot of people shun you know therapy they don't want to do it because you know they just they don't feel like it's a black thing to do especially in African Americans. And I know for me personally, um, and, and I me mean, suffering with uh, depression. For a few years, and feeling that feeling like life was just over for me, and you know, hitting that rock bottom stage, it's it it really, I guess for me, I, I I just felt like it was no way out, and I had to pray my way up out of it because, you know, we all go through hard times, and I went through that stage where. I used, um, you know, I smoked a little marijuana, you know, at some point in my life and, you know, early part of my life. And that was just to to max the pain because it was just so, I was going through so much. Um, And it's just, you know, for me now, when I start to go through anything or feel down, I start self-soothing, you know. I start going to beautiful lakes with beautiful flowers and beautiful trees around me. I try to get as close to to God's grace and his peace as possible. And that's what I want to urge your listeners to do when they start going through, not to turn to any drugs and alcohol like you said before, and, you know, to definitely – Find different ways to tap to tap into and tap into really uh, getting to the getting to the nitty gritty of what exactly is is making you depressed. It's a lot of work to get to it. It really is. And and once you unmask the things that are making you depressed, then it can't affect you the way that it used to. Some people get depressed because of of a certain time of the year, and they you know had a trauma somebody passed away you may not even know why you are um so depressed you know you may not even know exactly you know you it, it may not even uh, hit you that you're depressed because of this or that but every year like clockwork it hits you and um you know it's it's all about how you get yourself up out of that ditch because you know, for you to stay there That means that you're just giving up And I refuse to give up <laughs> So uh, I just want to urge The listeners to I, I've been there, I truly understand um, This is a very It's very hard um, Depression is like a, a disease It's a mental disorder um, And sometimes, you know It stays with people and they have to get A little pill to just help you be happy Or, you know, and and then there's a Diagnosis behind that But for the most part I truly believe that You know, when Genora, she talked talked About the sunshine, and I think that Has a lot to do um, with Some people in depression Um, I also believe that uh, I know that a lot Of people don't believe in horoscopes and Things like that, but When certain moons are shining And you know when they talk about the um, the horoscopes and just talk about uh, the universe and things like that. I think there's some truth to it. You know, to a certain degree, because um, I'm just it's, it's dependent. My mood fluctu it fluctuates. I mean, if the sun is shining bright, I am so happy. If the if the if, the, if, the, if it's raining and gloomy outside, I'm low and I'm tired and I'm Sluggish and I'm sleepy, you know. So, I mean, you know, it just really, really depends. But the biggest, the biggest um, advice that I could give to everybody is learn how to self soothe. Learn how to go somewhere and put on some music, lay back, take a hot shower, a glass of wine, and just really, really be one with yourself. And take (laughs) Um, care care
1: of yourself. Right (laughs) here. That's right. right, right. Yeah, you got it. Thank you yeah, so much We always appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much.
2: All right, yeah. we have Tiffany some other people Thank who so
1: want to kind of get on. Uh, we have Tiffany. Tiffany, you
5: with us? Yes, I am. Hi. Good evening. Welcome hey, to the Tiffany. show. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to say one thing. I always um are around a lot of people that always complain about being depressed. And my advice to them, I say, when you wake up in the morning, count your blessings that you woke up this morning, that you can walk, you have your health, your strength, you have a roof over your head. I say, by the time you count your blessings, a lot of things you won't have too many things to complain about. If it's not your mm-hmm. health that's at risk, that's something that you can't do nothing about. If you're sickly and it's um, terminal, that's something that you will definitely deal with go with. But a lot of times people are depressed about money, um, relationships, stuff like that. Find peace within yourself. When you find peace within yourself and get close to God and build that foundation, those things will be second nature to you. It won't be a demand that you have those things. Rather, you had a a million dollars one day and ten dollars a day. When you're at peace with yourself and you're happy within and you build that relationship with God, those things will not even be that important anymore when you count your blessings of knowing somebody else's story, that they're sick and their body filled with cancer or you know, that their mom is dying, or something that you just can't help. See, sometimes people put themselves in depressed mode and don't fight themselves out yeah. of it, telling themselves, today is raining, but it's not going to always rain. It's going to be a sunshine tomorrow, and I'm going to heal myself through the day. I don't want to sit in this mode. People are sitting in it, and then also you start with the mind, of feeding the mind, I don't want to be alone. I'm sad. I'm this, the more you say that to yourself, the more you stay in that same mode. So I just say to yourself, trust God. And push you on and tell yourself, I'm gonna be better. It's gonna be better, and I think
0: you're oh, Wow, right. that's great! Right, thank you for calling. We got a lot of thank people
1: you so much. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is good stuff. Yeah, that's thank you. Here so is some positivity and, and perspective. It, it means a lot. All right, we have our yeah. holding too. Masar, are you there? I'm here. Hi, welcome to hey, the show. Hi, everybody. How you doing?
2: Um, I is this Miss Alabama? It's Miss Alabama, yes Yeah, okay, <laughs> y'all, we got Alabama
7: in the house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did get to call in a little late But, you know, I really wanted to um, First, thing, I was listening um, in the very beginning When you guys were talking about, you know Being in a dark place, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you're in that dark place, you know, and you're battling with different things, whether it's depression, whether it's, you know, any different issues that you're battling, you know, that you're battling with, the reality of it is is that it's always hard to get through those things because you're battling with those things within the darkness, you know. So as you're wrestling with those things, you're going to always find your – you're going to always find – finding that the issue that you're struggling with is going to always win because you're battling with it within the darkness. You know, the one thing that, you know, someone said tonight too was about, you know, becoming an introvert, you know, wanting to be distant from people, not really wanting to, you know, really talk to people or be around people because, you know, you're sad and you're going through. The reality of it is, is that, you know, when you're able to acknowledge that you're depressed. You have to be willing to be able to be open about it and telling someone that you're depressed. That's the only way that you'll be able to get through it. You know, I know for right. myself, I've always been, you know, like, I've always, most people know I'm always a happy-go-lucky person. I smile all the time, and, you know, and I'm always trying to be on the up and up and have a great positive attitude about, you know, about everything. But a lot of times there was times where I was depressed. You know, because I was dealing with, you know, different things that maybe I felt like I couldn't change, you know, or, you know, someone passing away or, you know, just different things that I would think back on. And those things would really be haunting me on the inside, but when people saw me, they always saw me smiling and stuff like that, you know, so I would hide that pain, you know, and it got to the point where I found myself not really knowing who I was anymore because I will always try to get myself together when I know I had to go on the outside, I get myself together, and everybody's like, oh, she's so nice. Oh, she's so sweet. Oh, she's so such a happy person. And really I would come home and cry wow. because I was dealing with so many different things, you know, and I would say, you know, like uh, Tiffany just said, you know, Me building my relationship with God and growing spiritually and helping my, you know, helping myself through my journey, that's what helped me to get through it. It was a time where I was on depression medication, you know, and going to therapy and all those things. There's there's nothing wrong with those things, you know, but they weren't uh, beneficial for me.
2: Right. Because all the room was was putting a, it was
7: basically putting a blanket over, it was just basically like putting a Band-Aid over the, the problem.
2: Because wow. once the
7: medication wore off, the depression came right back. So it wasn't dealing with the issue. Yeah.
2: You know, well, I then definitely, I, started, I
7: definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, go on. What were you saying?
7: Yeah, so, you know, as I started to really start gearing towards, you know, realizing that I was fighting a battle on my own, it was one that I couldn't do on my own, and started realizing that I needed to... Find a way out. I knew all the other ways that I tried wasn't working, so I started seeking God. I started seeking help, more help from God, asking God to show me how can I, you know, God, how can I get out of this? I don't like feeling this way. You know, it's not working. What else do I need to do? And the more and more I started putting forth effort and asking God, then He started revealing different things to me. Where now I'm not even on any. Inside depression medication at all, you know. Now it's more of me being able to be open and say, you know what, I'm kind of going through something, and I need I need to vent this to somebody
1: because I don't know what to do.
2: Wow, well, right. right. well, I'm, I'm glad
1: that you you stated that, uh, you know, medication um, is not for everybody, and it I guess it helped you to some degree. It sounds like at some point it could have been that whatever medication you were taking lifted you enough for you to be able to recognize that I need to do something else. So, you know, it, it definitely affects different people in different ways, but I'm I'm so glad to know that you were able to, you know, find your spiritual balance and, and rely on that to help to pull you the rest of the way out. So that's, that's good news. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And I want to thank her for thank the call you. and, and quickly you. before we end it, um, The quick things I wanted to say was there are other surprising symptoms of depression Uh, since um, she mentioned it a minute ago. One of them is you get pain sometimes, Uh, back pain. uh, Researchers show that you can have pain when you're depressed. Uh, You gain weight. You know, people eat a lot sometimes, late-night ice cream, because they uh, have depression. Uh, Short fuse, you know, your temperature fuse. Sometimes you just feel nothing. You just feel blah, feel like you're just there, and you can – pretty much get depression from that an evening cocktail is now three so you're drinking more that's a that could be a sign of Mm. depression here's one you are glued to facebook i'll leave that one alone number the next (laughs) one is your head is in the clouds you're daydreaming a lot uh you 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 know about becoming a movie star and falling madly in love and that kind of stuff that can be a sign and last but well this is another one you can't make up your mind um you know, in the a, you know, right, right. And the last one is, and I don't know why they put this in you stop combing your hair. I'll leave it with that. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everybody uh, for joining us, everybody that called in. Thank you so much for your comments and for speaking. And we want to say a special thanks to our uh, guest host, Stefan. Stefan, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us and hanging out with us. And we hope you'll come back and hang out with us another time.
4: Absolutely. It's my pleasure.
1: Thank you so much. And we definitely really appreciate
3: the insight and just being transparent. We really
4: appreciate that. Appreciate you yeah. too mm-hmm. All Good right. job
1: So we can getting, getting ready to, to close it down Tony? Is that what we're getting ready to do Oh I want to say this We missed you Mark Good Anthony job. Hope everything is going well with you And we hope to hear, hear you And have you back on the air with us uh, Next week You're in our thoughts and our prayers And uh, everybody thank you so much for joining in I hope that you know, we have reached out to somebody and that you've gotten some good information and, you know, uh, check out our uh, Facebook page uh, for some additional information and uh, tips on um, health care as it relates to depression and, you know, look out for each other and love each other and pay attention and do some self-care yeah. and take care of yourself. So on behalf of me, yeah. I want to say bye. Everybody, you want to say bye? Good,
0: good night, everybody. We
2: love you and we'll out oh, our a- prayers.
0: It's a wonderful world, y'all.